This week on the podcast, a little nonprofit newsfeed.com for you all for the week of June 14th. We have Nick, we have Parisha, we have nonprofit news. I feel like we've checked all the boxes. Nick, why don't you bring us into our highlighted at a glance summaries? Sure. Thanks, George. I can start us off by talking about a new piece of proposed legislation introduced by Senators King and Grassley, which seeks to speed up the process by which donor-advised funds will be dispersed to nonprofit organizations. Now, the speed at which funds are dispersed from these kind of these DAFs has been a topic we've discussed on the podcast before, but it seems that the federal government is actually taking up the cause of potentially looking into reforming what this looks like. And now, while you might expect that uh, certain segments of the philanthropic community might view this as controversial, the act, which is named the Accelerating Charitable Efforts Act, or ACE, would both establish timeframes for DAF distribution, as well as new rules for DAFs, and including establishing kind of preset guidelines for both 15 and 50 year options, hopefully getting some of the enormous amount of money that is stuck in DAFs to the nonprofits where it can generate impact. Yeah, this is lexicon heavy, but valueful. Remembering donor advised funds are the ways that usually Folks that have incurred a windfall of money can essentially put that money instead of directly into a charity uh, or, and obviously uh, realizing that the tax implications of that money can put it into a fund that they control but is earmarked for nonprofits. Now they get a deduction on that that they can carry five years forward. It just means give away a lot of money, but do it over a lot of time. Now, a lot of time is what's in question because if this just becomes an indefinite way to hold extra resources that can appreciate with the market, but you never have to give them away in any significant amount. It kind of defeats this concept of, you know, a fund, a fund designed to get money into the nonprofit sector, a fund who's essentially supported by the fact that no taxes are being paid. So let's get to work on it. I like seeing these things out there. The Nonprofit Times uh, had, a, had a good article on it. We encourage you to take a look at it and sort of just keep an eye on it. You know, there's $142 billion floating out there. We should keep an eye on uh, on it because it's, it's rapidly growing as well. Absolutely. Our next story is out of Chicago about a journalism nonprofit that has won a Pulitzer. The Invisible Institute is a nonprofit news organization based out of the south side of Chicago. And it, along with the staffs of the Marshall Project, Alabama Media Group and the Indianapolis Star have won coveted Pulitzer Prizes in the national reporting category for investigative reporting looking into the use of police canine units. The Pulitzer Prize is, of course, the prestigious award given to news organizations every year for reporting, but I think the broader narrative here, and something we've also mentioned on the show, but not in a bit, is this idea of both the consolidation and the decimation of the local, often nonprofit um, journalism landscape. Lots of news organizations are either shutting down or being bought off by uh, firms and, and consolidated with immense amount of layoffs. And just wanted to kind of give a shout out to 
this organization, once again, solidifying the important role that these news organizations, particularly local ones, play in our society. And as you know, as much as I love the New York Times, which does great national reporting and reporting in the New York metro area, without local journalism sources and stories, we're losing huge narratives and is is really dangerous for society as a whole. Um, and you know, journalism is a level of accountability within our, our social structure, um, going back to the nonprofit angle. So again, just wanted to give a shout out here to a great organization doing well, well-recognized work. Oh, great summary, Nick. Yeah, looking at the role the nonprofits play at a larger level of trust. That's the word, trust. When you're reporting news and the increased amount of vigilance increases the amount of safety because you have more eyes looking in more places and it's harder to hide when you are, you know, breaking the social contract with the voters and the people of your city. So uh, great to celebrate this. All right, Garisha, what do we have on a summary? Yeah, some interesting headlines we have this week. The first one reads, big law firms are donating pro bono hours to block unions at legal nonprofits where their partners are board members. And this is an interesting article. It's coming from uh, a nonprofit, the Center for Family Representation, which is a legal nonprofit that works with uh, poor families um, and child services disputes and things like that. So essentially a lot of their staff and employees are lawyers um, and they've been locked in a labor dispute with management over a contract that could pay higher wages and increase job security, um, ultimately unionizing their work. Uh, but CFR's management isn't too happy and has turned to Winston and Strawn, another group of lawyers to kind of combat these uh, contracts and kind of get them where they where management wants it to be. Um, so an interesting, an interesting battle of lawyers going on here at the Center for Family Representation. Yeah, that article out of Business Insider is interesting. You know, law firms donating pro bono hours to block unions at legal nonprofits where their partners are bored. Like it's, it seems like in some way placed as sort of like making sure we're aware that, you know, all pro bono hours aren't always pro and thinking about the, the role that you know, board members play and corporations play when they exhibit and use their resources and to what end, right? If I'm making a donation, it can be easier to track, but if I'm having a bunch of lawyers do this thing on the side and support, you know, this particular part of a nonprofit, it can also be uh, used in, um, in ways that benefit not necessarily a direct public good. So interesting to see articles like this. For sure. Our next headline reads, Every Action's Acquisition Spree Lands Salsa Labs. We've been talking a lot about Every Action and their kind of shopping spree of different companies over the past couple of weeks. Um, and these have include acquisitions like GiveGab, Action Kit, BSD Tools, Donor Trends, and Mobilize, um, to name a few of them. And they have recently also acquired Salsa Lab, um, which is interesting. Again, always important to keep an eye on exactly which companies own what and what that means for whatever donor platform, fundraising platform, or CRM that you use. Yeah, the Nonprofit Times covered this one that we linked to. And, you know, keep an eye on the platforms that you use and keep an eye on who may buy them. Um, and it seems like, you know, every action is doing a lot of purchasing in the past. We've watched Blackbot do a lot. Um, but we always like to keep an eye on the mergers acquisitions in the nonprofit sector because 
somewhere, somehow, your data are going to be affected. Uh, pricing, who knows? Uh, but I, I am a longtime fan of Salsa Labs. I actually used them way back in the day, and I know they've been a name for quite some time. So every action is pretty serious about acquiring stuff. Yeah, they are on a serious shopping spree. Our next headline reads, Square launches 5 million Bitcoin fund to promote crypto inclusion. Um, so more news in the Bitcoin world. Square, which is uh, a very large financial program that people use to pay for things, announced on Wednesday that it will be giving out $5 million in grants from a newly created, quote unquote, Bitcoin endowment. Um, and that it selected Black Black Bitcoin billionaire, say that three times fast, a group that aims to bring Black people into crypto and provide wealth education as its first recipient. And this article comes from Decrypt.co. These grant dollars are coming from interest that interest on the Bitcoin that they have. So um, just a little bit of extra money going into making Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency a little bit more accessible to everyone. Obviously not a ton of money, but interesting because of the size that Square is. And then the focus of those dollars, it's not just taking those dollars and say, you know, and let's, you know, invest in, you know, broad themes um, or narratives. It's like very specifically about also its own adoption. But because this is still new as in terms of, you know, currency adoption and access, I really like seeing a focus on access, on education to, you know, who's at the table right now, because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how systemic issues start. You don't bring the right people in uh, and around uh, the table. So I'm excited to see where and how those dollars get put to work by Square. For sure. Our last headline reads, what the donor advised fund payout rate means for philanthropy and how it fits into the bigger charitable giving picture. This article uh, is from PND by Candid, um, and it talks about, again, some donor advised fund news and the payout rate. And what is a donor advised fund payout rate? It's a calculation of grant-making dollars awarded from DAFs to charities relative to the total charitable assets into those DAFs. More simply, it's how much DAF donors granted compared with what they could have granted. Um, George, maybe you can <laughs> translate a little bit of what that means. Yeah, so uh, this kind of dovetails with why we're, we're seeing this in, uh, in the news. And essentially, it's too much money not being given out based on, you know, what, uh, what our payout rates could and should be and, and setting standards for those. And so this summary is kind of just as you said. But we encourage you to go check out this link and dive in uh, more deeply. There's increased conversations being had about how much that payout rate should be, could be. There last year was this push to the like, giveaway half year DAF, which was more branding than actual because that's not at all what happened. Traditionally, DAFs do give away more than based on a percentage basis foundations, but fin foundations are uniquely different. They have an edict to push forward a larger public good versus like, some rich human had a lot of money one year, put it in a fund that they now control and then gives away X per year. We want X to be higher. And Carisha, I do think we have a bit of a, a, a selfish plug here, but Whole Whale did, uh, did release um, in, in beta uh, our inclusivity crawler. Yeah, our inclusivity crawler is meant to 
essentially crawl your website articles, especially older ones that you might not be aware of to make sure that your language is inclusive um, and up to date with what inclusive language is. Um, so that's definitely in the works, but if you're interested, you can check out the newsletter and find out a little bit more. Um, and George will probably talk to you personally <laughs> if you do. Yeah, we built this. Um, you can find that at inclusivity.wholewhale.com in order to help more organizations figure out how their language may be uh, heard, seen, and read by uh, by their stakeholders. Um, we have a, a growing database and are pulling in partners. So if, even if it's not something you want to do, you're just interested in, reach out to us. All right, Nick, how's it going? Make us feel good. What do we have? Feel good stories. It is. I have a really interesting story coming out of Oklahoma. So if we remember just... A couple of weeks ago, we commemorated the 100th anniversary of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre, this incident of horrific racial violence. But we wanted to highlight a nonprofit that was doing work called Urban Coders Guild, which is an organization that provides STEM education opportunities to underrepresented communities in Tulsa. And this particular organization made news because its students or the members of its education cohort, they learn various tech skills. What they actually went ahead and did was they built websites for the businesses that were destroyed during the Tulsa race massacre and kind of showed what they would look like today. And I mean, there's so much to find kind of, uh, What's, what's great about this story in that one, you have one, young people learning valuable tech skills, but it's also a narrative about reclaiming history, highlighting history, um, you know, bringing, uh, you know, a, a, a deeply traumatic historic event, um, you know, not letting it <laughs> fall by the wayside into the past, bringing it into the present day and contextualizing it within what you know we are used to, which is seeing businesses and websites. And I just think it's a really, really unique and really special and maybe a little sorrowful, but um, really important way of remembering those those stories and those businesses and and what happened and just. Yeah, just the history nerd in me is really <laughs> kind of fascinated by this and um, just a great, great way for, for students to get their hands on some really impactful and meaningful work. Yeah, I hope this leads to also more more projects. You can imagine something being built in the metaverse uh, around it, but it's about the immersion and about the, uh, the different ways that you can, you can remember, but also learn in modern day uh, uh, around this point and bring it into our educational process. Alrighty. Thank you so much, Nick and Carisha. That concludes it. Nonprofitnewsfeed.com. Weekly, free, healthy, nutritious emails with links that help keep you informed about what's going on in the nonprofit sector. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us.
Thanks, as always, to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 